a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Restricted section, the most dramatic breakup of my life, and I almost exclusively dated gay guys in high school. So, lucky. If you, <laughs> I think I dated more gay guys than you in high school. You definitely yeah. did. <laughs> um, if you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week: Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, Chapter Two, Spinners End, in which Narcissa and Bellatrix visit Severus Snape. Uh, and Narcissa gets him to make an unbreakable vow saying he'll protect Draco because Draco has been, well, we don't even know. He's been ordered to do something. Uh-huh. We don't know. So protect him. I'm your host, the Hufflepuff, Christina. Here as well is the Slytherin herself, someone who would honestly fit right in with the Black Sisters, although you are wearing a rainbow flower shirt right now, but that's kind of uncharacteristic. Mary Payton, say hello to the listeners, Mary Payton. Hello, listeners. This is just the muggle garb that I have to wear. Oh my God, can you picture Bellatrix Lestrange wearing a rainbow flower (laughs) blouse? And it's the kind of blouse that has like a neckerchief tie. Mm -hmm. It's actually like pretty Puritan. Like you can't see her neck. (laughs) Like that bow is holding your head on your neck. Oh my like god! That short that story cool? with yeah. the scarf. I think it's called the green ribbon. The green ribbon. Yeah. yeah. Our other host is the Ravenclaw Grace. Say hello to the listeners, Grace. Hi, hi, hi. And our special guest today is the Gryffindor, Michael Hardison from Wildling. And how do I book? You know him. Say hello to the listeners, Michael. Hey, listeners. Mike, how the hell are you doing? Since last time you were on the show, which was, I don't know, like eight months ago. I don't know. I'm doing all right. Doing good. Had a few changes. New job. Hell Woo! yeah. Yeah. Oh, ex- exciting. We all have a new job. But yeah, just keeping the flow going. Keeping it hell real. Yeah. He sounds <laughs> well, tired. I'm very tired. <laughs> but he is crushing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tired, but making that money, baby. Mm-hmm. And that's all that really matters because we need to go out to eat. Yes. <laughs> Grace, I think this is the first time you've been here this season. How have you been since the last season? Oh, man, I've been doing all right. Yeah. Crushing it equally. Crushing it. <laughs> um, are, yeah, no, I'm chilling. Are you excited to get into Half-Blood Prince? I think so, but I am so <laughs> hesitant to say. What's that quote from Megamind? It's like, it's like cautiously hopeful and confusedly mm-hmm. optimistic. That's not, That's it sounds, <laughs> whatever she says sounds better than that, but it, it's like to, to that effect. I want to go with that one. I want to go yeah, with I like that. Just okay. <laughs> Mary Payton, how have you been since last season? I'm good. I'm about the same. It seems like it was only yeah, a it. mere six to eight weeks ago. <laughs> yes, it was indeed. <laughs> Are you excited for Half-Blood Prince? Yeah, I am actually. I mean, this chapter reminded me how much info there can be in some of these chapters. Um, How hard they can be to get through sometimes. But I'm excited. Christina, are you excited? Yeah, I am. I am excited. I think that this because, you know, I read this book like six months ago to take these notes. Um, So I do have a little bit. 
I just feel that after Order of the Phoenix, uh, Half-Blood Prince and even Deathly Hallows is like a breath of fresh air. It's mm-hmm. like the pace, she is steady girl like she is we are going to the end of this book we We are gonna get to the end of the series like let's go wait wait we have to stop to make out (laughs) the only reason to ever stop doing anything pause for the cause as they say well today we're talking about chapter two spinner oh i forgot to say the wildling's been doing good too everyone in case you're wondering in case i haven't mentioned it recently but Wildling's doing great. And we actually have two books coming out this year. Yay. Whoop, whoop. We have Cursed Coven by Kara Battalamenti coming out September 26th. That's available for pre-order. I'll pop that shit in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Lavender Speculation by Z- Jamie Zachariah, which is coming out October 17th, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And um, the link to that is in the show notes as well. Cursed Coven is a bit of a fun YA like magical romance situation. Lavender Speculation is a YA horror short story anthology. They're both very, very good in very different ways. So I recommend pre-order them, bad boys. So yeah, let's get into chapter two, Spinner's End. Uh, When I texted you guys that we were doing this chapter, did you remember what this chapter was? Yes. I think I did, yeah. I definitely did not. And then I was talking to Dusty, my stepdaughter, about it. And I was driving, so I had her Google, like, the the um, little brief synopsis. And as soon as she said Narcissa, I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. Because mm-hmm. this is, like, one out of two chapters that that woman is in. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I, she shows up again in the future, and let's just say it's a crucial plot point. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Indeed. Sorry, I, for the record, have been drinking that beer that I just threw back the last drops of for two hours. So mm. <laughs> that was, like, a fresh beer I just cracked five minutes ago. <laughs> sure although before i came to record this i was i had made chili for dinner and i was running kind of late so i like threw back some chili and honestly i can't recommend that i I don't think that's the right way to eat chili (laughs) and then it's gonna be a short episode (laughs) my tummy is so warm her tummy is a rumbling (laughs) i love chili honestly it's like a hot salad you know what i mean because you can put so many veggies in it I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I, did like, I did like chili until you said that. And now I don't like chili anymore. It has so many. You can put literally so many vegetables in it. That's true. true. Like that a true. salad. Yeah. Primarily I would say vegetable base. Yeah, like soup in general. You can do that with, you know? Sure. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is as healthy as a salad when I'm eating it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fuck me and my chili. Let's go to (laughs) Spinner's End. It was a dark and stormy night. What book is that from? (laughs) Is this a test? Isn't that from a real life classic novel? Probably. I thought that was just like a general trope. I think it's Poe. Before I before I guess, I mean before I search, that's a solid guess. A dark and stormy night. Oh no! Oh my god, that's so funny. Oomst. Oh my god, wait, that's literally so funny. I'm an idiot, guys. Why? It was a dark and stormy night is an often mocked and parodied phrase considered to represent the archetypal example of florid, a florid melodramatic style of fiction writing, also known as purple prose. So Mary Payton was right, really. Wow, <laughs> I'm a dumb bitch. Well, you know how much I love to rely on uh, Wikipedia? It says... Uh-huh. 
the question, I typed in the question to Google, it says, what book starts with, it was a dark and stormy night? And it come up and said, it is the opening line in the popular 1962 novel, A Wrinkle in Time. But I think that's probably like, maybe even on purpose. Probably. They, like they did that in the book on purpose, is right. what I thought. That Not that I remember sense. that book series that. at all. I, I believe that from the tone it. of that book, though. It's I trust you to remember that book, Mary Payton. That seems like something yeah. you hold dear. Do you like yeah. that book series? Yeah, I love that book. Um, it's been a long time since I've read those. Like mm-hmm. a long, I think I read that in elementary school. Me too. Um, probably earlier I don't remember than it at I was, all. should have. Yeah. When I was like in elementary school, I was full Matilda status. And I would just go to the library and be like, mm, here's 10 random fantasy books from the children's section. And I would read all of them yep. in like five days. Yep. It's cool Those how your brain days, changes man. and your life changes. Yeah. And then you can't mm-hmm. do anything anymore. <laughs> Anyway, we're in a sad, dark, dirty factory place. (laughs) Pop. A person apparates. Pop. Another person apparates. They scare a fox and then murder the fox? Like fucking what? Just in case it's Mm -hmm. another person, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like this is the narrative being like, remember, they're fucking bad guys. Yeah. It's like, just in case you forgot. Damn, It's already bad enough that she killed the fox and then she's like. Oh, what? sorry, I thought that was another human. She's literally like, sorry. whoopsie. <laughs> um, whoopsie I'm, daisy. I'm talking shit about murdering a fox, but I have been playing Tears of the Kingdom recently, and I have oh. murdered so many foxes in cold blood in that game. Damn. You oh fly, like, I fly in from the sky, and I they don't even see me coming, and then I just kill them. And then they pop. <laughs> and now they're like oh a gosh. gourmet steak. <laughs> Girls gotta eat. She's climbing all these mountains. <laughs> Your laugh after that was so good. <laughs> okay, so it becomes clear that Narcissa Malfoy is here for a reason, and Bellatrix Lestrange is here following Narcissa. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like the name Narcissa? No. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It's not cute. Know? I think it's really pretty, but it definitely sounds like a villain. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little too on the nose. Yes. Yeah. What? And show me one more J.K. Rowling <laughs> original name that's too on the nose. Go ahead. I dare you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like other Issa names like Clarissa or Larissa? I or love Clarissa because she explains it all. She's going to explain to us why Narcissa is a good name. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really think about those names all that much. I don't meet a lot of people with an Issa on the end. I don't think. Maybe yeah. it's because I have that one friend named Larissa that I think about it sometimes. And I'm like, that's a pretty good name. Oh, yeah. I like it. What about Bellatrix? Do you guys like the name Bellatrix? Yes. I do, because I think it's fitting of her personality. And it just sounds like it just goes with the character very well. It, yeah. in, the, in this chapter, her sister does call her Bella. And that really does throw me off. Yeah, yeah totally. She yeah. is not a Bella. Because the narrative for a moment at the beginning of the chapter, like, pretends like we don't know who these people are. So it's like the two women and then like and then like Narcissa says Bella. So the narrative is like, oh, I guess her name is Bella. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, come on, man, we know who you're talking about. Yeah. They're looking for someone. It's like very nicely and media res kind of. It's like they're in the middle Mm -hmm. of a fight. They, they, like, operated here in the middle of a fight, basically. So they're, like, already talking about something, and, and you're just, like, picking up small bits of information as they're going along, which I think is very nice, you know? It's like mm-hmm. 
gold star. Way to expo ex- expose? Mm. <laughs> exposit? I think exposit is a word, actually. Oh, nice. Right? Like exposition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would think so. Exposit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Good job. <laughs> so they're like walking through a small town. They're talking about someone. It's Snape. Bella says he can't be trusted and Voldemort is mistaken about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. You what? dare slander the name of our Lord Take it easy. Dark. Mm-hmm. Lord they, Dark. They were also instructed, like, they're talking about, like, some plan. I don't know, man. They're in there and they're not supposed to talk to anyone about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're fighting about it and they're taking this fight to a third party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How? What do you guys think was happening before this? Mike, what do you think was happening in the... 15 minutes before this chapter starts. Uh, you mean between the two of them? Yeah. Oh, I totally see what's happening now was already happening wherever they were. And it was exact same thing, just a different setting. Like I still see Bellatrix falling right behind Narcissa, like in, in going behind, you know, trying to get her to stop in yeah. the direction she's going in. Very sisterly, very back and forth and not the way you would talk like to a colleague, but you would talk to a close relative like a sibling. Yeah. You know, a lot of like back and forth without actually like physically like pushing each other. But like I think close. so too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think so too with the addition of two things. Um Narcissa was like, "Oh my god, Bella, you took my shoes. Those are my shoes, not your <laughs> shoes." <laughs> and then exactly. and then Bellatrix killed a bunny instead. Save a fox. So many small animals affected by this fight. <laughs> Truly. Oh my god. Uh, I wonder if, because Lucius is in jail, I wonder mm-hmm. if Bellatrix had come to Narcissa from hanging out with Voldemort, being like, yo, Narcissa, you won't believe this amazing plan that Voldemort just said to me. Or, like, because how else would Narcissa have found out? Like, do you think maybe, like, mm-hmm. Voldemort went to her house and was like, Narcissa, this is what we're doing? And she had, like, no choice but to just, like, endure it? Like, what do we think? I was thinking that Voldemort had she found out because she he told Draco, mm. and oh, like Narcissa would be time. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. See, I'm imagining that like right before this fight, they like like Narcissa has known about this and obviously hated it, and maybe talked to Bellatrix about how she doesn't want it to happen, stuff like that, and then formulated this plan to do this, and Bellatrix either knew that she was going to do it or was spying on her or something, and like. Mm-hmm saw her sneak off into the night and followed her is what I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. She yeah. definitely knew it beforehand because Bellatrix, mm-hmm. her whole t- talk through all of this is like talking about how you don't need to repeat what you learned from Voldemort, that you don't need mm-hmm. to repeat these words. So yeah, I can't yeah. see her immediately running to her sister going, guess what I just heard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> True. I guess you're right. Unless Voldemort was like, go, go tell Narcissa because right. he didn't want to. Right. Unless oh. it was just, that was the order. Mm, that's true. But I feel like, I feel like Narcissa is right that, you know, Voldemort's doing this as like a punishment to Lucius or whatever. And so I think he would maybe like to to deliver that news personally. Mm. Do you think, mm. Grace, do you think you would feel proud if your niece Collins was told to (laughs) murder her school principal? Oh my god! Huh. Would you try um, to find pride in her for for this and all things? You know, you know she does no wrong, so that helps her. <laughs> Was that she does K N O W wrong or she does N O wrong? <laughs> she does. 
<laughs> both. <laughs> but in this case. She knows it, she and does. that's how she knows to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, she can do no wrong in okay. my eyes. So, so you Voldemort, do your girl. I trust you. If Voldemort you. tells her to kill someone, we're like, okay, let's kill that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does Narcissa use a spell to get Bellatrix to stop grabbing her? I wrote that down, but I don't remember reading that today. Do you guys yeah, she, like, she, she does something that burns her, her arm. Oh, yeah, she oh, yeah. Burn Shit, her you're arm. right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is so... That's very sisterly. Just Classic like, it's sisters. So, so sisterly, but also, like, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cute to cute to think that they... That's, like, a line they don't cross with each other. Oh, yeah. They, this These are the kind of sisters who fucking wrestle, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I swear, it, and it is not Narcissa's choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bellatrix just comes at her like a cat. They're like it's cats. <laughs> Cats are so scary. Um, <laughs> just in terms of like fist fighting, did she say a spell, or did she, or did Bellatrix just get burned? Sorry that I don't remember this, and it's my own podcast. She doesn't say anything, but she holds out. Her, oh, go ahead, Mike. You have. I was it. like, I have it literally like right here. Yeah. Right, as soon as I look yeah. down, read it she, unto us. It says, "Let go, Bella!" snarled Narcissa, and she drew a wand from beneath her cloak, holding it threateningly in the other's face. Bella merely laughed. "Sissy, your own sister. You wouldn't. There's nothing I wouldn't do more." Narcissa breathed breathed a note of hysteria in her voice and as she brought down the wand like a knife there was another flash of light bella let go of her sister's arm as though burned oh shit okay because my question was yeah. if she maybe did it by accident but nope. it looks no, like no. that was super full intention intentional cool. good for her yeah good for her she's not fucking around okay mm-hmm. i love narcissa as a character i Me love too. every move she makes i am compassionate for her the entire time except for in like book two or whatever no i think it was in book four when you meet her and she's just sneering at Harry mm-hmm. and it's like, eh, uh, okay. maybe smile at a child. Maybe yeah. smile at a child. <laughs> but also, some people just don't know how to do their faces. True. It's true. I'm like, you can't hold that against them. <laughs> I try to talk to Sean about this all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, smile at your friends when they leave your house, dude. Like, you were happy that they were here. <laughs> but he's sad to see them go. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, I have that golden retriever energy. When I know people are coming to my house, I'm like in the window, like, hello. <laughs> I know. I see you there every time I come to your house. When are they coming? <laughs> Especially when like Zach and Alex come to visit from like Baltimore and I'm like, oh my God, they said they'd be here around two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they get to a house. They knock on the door. What? It's Snape's house. He Whoa. lets them in. His aesthetic is what we would call dark academia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes he yeah. I think invented dark academia by never ever cleaning anything mm-hmm. and it's just dark in here now we don't change any of the light bulbs so what is what is this house is this Snape's childhood home like what is happening here yeah I think his father wasn't he oh. um wasn't he only half wizard and I think his father perhaps was a muggle yeah and this would be his house because he's the half blood prince right so I think this is probably his parents' house. Damn. Maybe. Like, maybe this is where he met Lily. Oh. Like, in this neighborhood. Yeah. And he just lives here now. I guess, like, where do you go over the summer? Right. I guess that's true. He wouldn't need to be there for very long. And if he, like, true. stays over the summer at Hogwarts, it's almost like that's a little too much. Like, yeah, if he's trying yeah. to, like, get back into Voldemort's good graces, he kind of needs to be, like, available to him. Right. Especially yeah, if Worm, Wormtail's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I wonder if he's, like, ever come back here before, or if he's just hung out at the school. Yeah. 
It does say the place had an air of neglect as though it were not usually inhabited. Okay. But do you think that it would still feel that way if he had lived there all this time? <laughs> true. True. <laughs> like, what kind of loving touches would he give to his apartment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flat. He has, like, a burn book of all the other teachers and <laughs> students at Hogwarts. He's just got, like, black curtains everywhere to match his bangs. <laughs> black curtain bangs. <laughs> yes. Every it. time he's described, it's like greasy black curtain bangs. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely paints a vivid picture. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the book vibes here. Obviously, the place the walls completely covered in books, most of them bound in old black or brown leather. Like I know a lot of books are bound in, for sure, brown leather and black. But like to find only books brown, bound in brown or black, I feel like it's a lot of work. Not a single dust jacket. I think that the wizard... Okay, so as a reminder, wizards do all of their homework, including scrap paper on what they call parchment. Uh The definition of which is that parchment is made from animal skin versus paper. Mm -hmm. Ew. So I like wonder if wizards, if the magicians know how to make paper that isn't made from animals. (laughs) That's why they killed the fox mm. in the beginning. We need more paper. <laughs> they need mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. That feels wrong, but I feel like we Googled that three years ago. I think <laughs> you're right. I'm going to, you know where I'm going to take this? To Google. Google? To Mr. <laughs> Webster's. Mr. Webster's. What was it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it says the skin, the first definition is the skin of a sheep or goat prepared for riding on. And the second definition is a tough, strong, tough paper made to resemble parchment. But, you know, like that's because right. parchment is parchment. Like if now you're resembling parchment, parchment are stuff. you parchment? Right. Well, my brain always sees papyrus when people say parchment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, that's so, you know, same. right. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not made from animals. Oh, <laughs> Well, I really spill every drink I take. I know that I say that. I just need people to know that I see it happening and, like, I know it's a problem. Okay. I started working with a personal trainer at the gym, and the first couple times I went, I had, like, a screw-off water bottle, and I ended up slopping so much water down my front, like, the more, the more I worked out, because I get tired and careless, that I was like, okay, I have to just take my, like, sippy cup version. Like, I can't keep embarrassing myself like this. This guy's too nice. Like, I can't be doing this to him all day long. He doesn't know how to roast anybody. <laughs> Aw, that's cute. <laughs> so Wormsail's also here. He's like, I'm not a servant. And then he goes and like is a servant. You know? <laughs> He's been a servant his whole life. I mean. Spiritually. Like, yeah, he just is like a bitch ass person. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, man. It's like he really turned into like a horrible person to like protect his life. It's mm-hmm. like at what cost? He's like the definition of like at what cost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I will say one thing I noticed uh, with in this chapter and reading it was that uh, they gave you a lot of like of like insight into him and his relationship with Snape and just how like much he doesn't mean to Snape. He's just you know a little rat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, that's like the cycle of abuse though, because and very Snape, much so. Yeah. In, in all those words, and then uh, last night I put on the movie just because I want to see the difference in this scene. Oh, yeah. And he literally is in this scene 
for about three seconds at the door and Snape's like, that is, that's enough. And, sl- and the door slams in his face. And that's all you see of him in the actual movie part. So I feel like I kind of wish that we would have gotten... I know they can only fit so much and the movie was still over two and a half hours long. Yeah. But I kind of wish they would have like given a little bit more moment in their interaction during this season, scene just yeah. to see mm-hmm. like the power struggle. Let, let Alan Rickman really condescend to him. Yes. Yeah. It's okay to both be grateful that the movie wasn't longer and lament what it didn't include at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. yeah. But also, they decided to waste time burning down the borough for no fucking reason, so actually, yeah. I do have some official complaints to file. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Wormtail brings them some red wine, and they cheer, and leaves, and then they cheers to the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. As one does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Typical night. Narcissa starts talking, and then Snape stops her to blast Wormtail away from the door. She starts talking again. But this time, Bellatrix cuts her off, saying she you shouldn't tell, even to present, or especially to present company. Snape is like, okay, cool, let's do this. So, and he's like, what do you, what's the problem? What's your problem with me? <laughs> Which I respect it. He's like, I'm, I'm sick of your... your <clears throat> bullshittery like what are we doing right now mm-hmm. so she starts listing all the reasons she doesn't trust him so let's yeah. let's go down the list mambo number five style <laughs> basically where were you why is harry potter still alive what are you what is this and what are you doing and why should i trust you basically yeah i, w- I wish that's all she said what do you mean that was a much better way to put it oh <laughs> so brief so concise Snape is like, don't you think that the Dark Lord asked me this already? Which is like a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he basically flips it on her. He challenges her loyalty, asking, basically, do you remember when Umbridge was like, are you trying to suggest that mm-hmm. the Ministry let its Dementors run wild in little whinging? <laughs> and Dumbledore is like, of course not. And that is why I'm sure you're like already doing a full investigation into this a little flipperoo well you love mm-hmm. someone who can walk in and do a little flipperoo <laughs> um so he's like do you think it's possible that i've fooled the dark lord basically and then he answers all her questions so bellatrix comes at him about Dumbledore. he's like bitch it was a job that literally paid me like what do you expect <laughs> in this economy <laughs> oh, i love that Although, like, I feel if I had been loyal to Lord Voldemort and then and then lost, I don't think I could. If it like if Snape wasn't on our on our team, if I had been loyal to Lord Voldemort and then lost and he died, I don't think I like could stay at (laughs) Hogwarts with Dumbledore, you know, like having having lost. So, like. I think from like Bellatrix's perspective, it doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense, but maybe it does. I mean, you got to get paid. Mm-hmm. It is weird to think yeah. about that transition period, like how that could have just not, there not been that much of a change. Yeah. I yeah. I guess you can write it off to just like Dumbledore being really forgiving. Like Snape says later in this, like, like you forget that Dumbledore always wants to see the best in people. And mm-hmm. that's, he's using like the truth to lie. You know what yeah. I mean? Right now. That's like, yeah. I think the best way to lie. And mm-hmm. he's also making Bellatrix answer all her own questions, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, kind true. Of, kind I of like a teacher. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a teacher. 
Maybe you should put some of this energy into actually teaching kids potions. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. So do Not you guys this year? Sorry, I just remembered. Do you guys remember reading this for the first time? Like, did you have an opinion on which side Snape was on? Oh gosh, uh, I'm trying to think back. I kind of honestly, if I being you know transparent about it, the first time I read through all these books, I. Uh, was duped by Snape. I assumed that he was just a bad guy on bad every news. level, bad news on everything. So to see his, uh, you know, his story arc evolve into something else was, uh, was really cool. Like I thought that was really, you know, awesome to see. It was just, I did, wasn't expecting it. You know, mm-hmm. I just figured he mm-hmm. was uh weaselly and knew how to sit on the fence. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Mary Payton, what about you? I remember feeling very strongly that, he was still good only because this part comes in like so like we knew that there was another book and I was like, OK, he's got plenty of time to like come around as like the good guy. Mm. Like I, I in my just because I read a ton. So like at this point, I was like, oh, this is the part where they make us think that he's really awful and they've been building that up for a while. And this unbreakable vow is supposed to be us, make us be like, yeah, he's definitely bad. He couldn't do that unless he's really bad. And then the end of this book, you know, that happens. And then I was a little shook. But mm-hmm. I I think I remember holding pretty steadfast on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty gullible. So the whole time I read this, I was like, oh, my God, Voldemort's a bad guy. No, obviously. Wait, I said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Snape is a... <laughs> Dude, that Voldemort guy's like, kind of not a good guy. <laughs> what? I don't know if you know this or not. A little toxic. Unexpected. <laughs> When I read this as a kid, I was like totally buying it. Like, I Voldemort's a no, I did it again. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Severus Snape is a bad guy. And it's like the mistake you edit out, but then I said it twice, so now it's a bit, so I leave it in, you know? What I mean? yeah. <laughs> and then I got to the end of the series and I was like, oh my God, he was a good guy the whole time. And that was in what, 2008? When did the last book come out? And then ever since then, I've been slowly realizing, wait a fucking second. I think he's, no, guys, I think he's actually still a bad guy. Just in, yeah. I think we just, we got fooled we for a second. We were distracted. Yeah, no, yeah. I think he's like still a bad dude. Yeah. yeah. Same. But I really mm-hmm. like, I am like, I don't know if this is good or bad as an editor, but like, I really don't see things coming. I'm not thinking about it. I don't have an idea of who it is, <laughs> of what the secret is. Like, I love Agatha Christie novels, especially the ones that are less racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, I'm reading them the whole time. I'm like, it could be anyone. Sometimes <laughs> it is anyone. Sometimes it's everyone. You never know. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. But I'm never thinking about it. <laughs> it's not It's not like based on wit or intelligence. Like it's based on, I think it for me, it's based on like just always trying to figure out the solution before you get there. And so I still enjoy stories a lot. I don't, I try to make myself not do that. But like sometimes my, the brain just doesn't turn off, even like in the background. I think it's good to be trying to solve the puzzle. I like yeah. real life puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, the books, I'm just like, even in like a regular, even in, I feel like even when I'm reading like a rom com, how do those end up? Do they right. get together in the end? <laughs> right. But I feel like I'm still reading it like, oh, my God, guys, I just don't know. <laughs> Please just sort it out. I love that. <laughs> that probably really enhances your reading experience. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. You're just along for the ride. 
Sometimes Sean calls me out for like laughing or gasping while I'm reading. I'm just, I'm really into it. Okay. <laughs> I was reading uh, The Extraordinaries by TJ Klune the other day. Um, our, our boy TJ. And mm-hmm. it was so, it's like a, it's like a YA queer fantasy about superheroes. And it was so funny and cringy that I was like cackling for the whole third act. Like I was just like, this is fucking horrifying oh, no. because of like teenage cringe. Like it was oh. so funny and terrible in like a, the best way. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I feel you. Anyway, I recommend that book. So they go back and forth a little bit about who loves dad best mm-hmm. or who dad loves best. Mm-hmm. I That's do the real love, thing. I do love how Snape somehow makes Bellatrix's time in um, Azkaban seem like, like, what a waste of your time. Yeah, she, like, kind of, yes. she kind of could wear it as like a badge of honor, you know, mm-hmm. like she would have gone to his side if she wasn't there. That's like what was holding her back. And he's like, I didn't get caught up, bitch. Yeah, he yeah. spins it right back on her, which was like hey, a shocking good end. one. Ooh. <gasps> Spin that shit right mm-hmm. round. <laughs> I just love too how he like he belittled or you know made it much much small like her time that she uh, she yeah. was there by calling it a gesture. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. he destroyed her. <laughs> Wait, Grace, did you tell us about when you read this as a kid? Oh, uh, I think I just said same because you all said <laughs> things that I was like, that's a great point. That's a great Perfect. point. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So basically Snape claims to have let Harry live this long so that he could continue to protect it, be protected by Dumbledore and not be arrested, which that's perfect, completely perfect logic. Yeah. He also says that there was a chance in the beginning that Harry had only overcome Voldemort himself because he, Voldemort, because he himself was a dark wizard. What do you Mm -hmm. guys think about this? Do you think Snape's just talking or do you think that's like a real rumor that was going around? I feel like it must have been a real rumor because I feel like Bellatrix kind of was like, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> hmm. True. I don't know. That, that one seems like so such a stretch. Like he didn't. I don't know. Like it's like when someone's lying and they go a little too far. I'm like, mm. OK, buddy, like, just yeah, keep it cool. too much, too much. Yeah. Me thinks the Snapey doth protects too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Ew, no, he's actually very regular. He's perhaps the, as regular as wizards come. <laughs> I mean, Snape even says, like, turns out he only wins by luck and the people around him. And I'm like, that's and it's exactly true. right. Yeah, he's not wrong. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly and right. that audacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What that audacity do? What that audacity do? Um, so uh, a, they were talking about Dumbledore's a great wizard, but apparently the last bottle hurt him. We don't really get any more details about that um so now bellatrix is like it's narcissist it's narcissist time now bellatrix is like shut up i just said so many things for you to think about shut up (laughs) narcissa my dear how can i help you okay so lucius is in jail let's take a moment let's put ourselves in narcissa's shoes her husband's in jail dude Mm -hmm. yeah and she is alone she's like Mm -hmm. totally alone with draco who is just old enough to be completely unmanageable you know Mm -hmm. yeah and like i think we've talked about this before that lucius is like it 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 can seem sometimes like lucius makes these dumbass decisions in order to impress lord voldemort and 
fails at them constantly and that Narcissa is probably like really trying to support him, but like does not want to be involved in some of the things that he does. And it yeah. now she's here leading it after his latest failure. Yeah. I guess Narcissa and Mal- uh, Lucius must have gotten together during the previous war mm-hmm. because of Draco's age, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like she got with him when the war was going and maybe he was like a real hot shot death eater. And then they got married and had a baby. And then, you know, the war ended. They thought Voldemort was gone and she had like 10 years plus to sort of like sink into that Mm -hmm. sense of security, you know? Yeah. And now she's like, fuck, we're really doing this again. Yeah. And I bet they, like, I can just imagine them having talked about it. Maybe if they heard rumors about Voldemort being back or whatever. They, do, they talk about how they don't want to lose what they have, maybe. Um, this is me thinking the best in them. But, like, that they maybe should just, like, not really get back into it. Let's protect our family. And then Lucius, I can see him just being, like, as soon as he's in front of Voldemort, he's like, yeah, anything you say, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's a wimp. Do you think, so you think he's a wimp? Do you think Lucius is nice to Narcissa? I think so. Well, just because I feel like Narcissa will protect her family above all else. And so to me, I feel like she would only do that if like there was like genuine love between everyone. Mm. Do you think it's that she wants to protect her family at all costs or do you think it's Draco? Well, I think she seems pretty bummed that Lucius is in jail. It's true. I don't know. That's hard because they certainly. It definitely seems like they have an unspoken connection. They also just live with each other. So that happens. But like it kind of seems like it's a little deeper than that. And I feel like people who are not nice to each other, they don't have those like deeper moments between them anymore. Hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to relate their relationship to like things that I know from relationships and it's not really working. <laughs> but, hmm, if Sean were a radical wizard racist and went you to would jail, love it. It's you like, would love hmm, it. That's a little hard to figure out how I would feel in that situation. Like, I really feel like if 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 there weren't genuine love happening, like Narcissa would just steal Draco and like go on the lamb. Dip. Like okay. she would just get out of here. Yeah, I'd like to picture behind closed doors that they're kind of like a uh, Morticia and Gomez Adams. Aww. Do you know what I'm talking Ooh, about? I like that. Like behind like that. closed doors, he's very Gomez to Morticia mm-hmm. for her. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the public eye, he has to have an image. So I don't know. I really don't know if this is just because of a Harry Potter sequel or if this is maybe from the movies. What's his name? Um, Jason Isaacs. But, like, I really have a hard time reading Lucius as straight. Mm. Mm. He mm. gives gay so hard to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Wink. I, okay. Okay. And so, like, I almost envision him and Narcissa having an extremely loving marriage where they both see other people. Mm. You know what I mean? I love where that they're like them. maybe not like sexual together, other than the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a pool boy they share. <laughs> have you guys seen a Harry Potter sequel? I can definitely see that. No. Mm-hmm. Here, let me just show you like a picture and maybe like a three second video. Like I need you to okay. kind of understand me. Lucius Malfoy, a very sequel. Like I, I need you to just kind of see what we're working with here. I'm going to share my screen. 
<laughs> Let's see here. Let's just like watch the delivery. Can you guys? <laughs> can you guys? I can already can tell guys, by the. Uh huh. That one quick little motion. <laughs> Okay, let's, uh, okay, that's not him. Oh my God, the drama. He's doing a speech. We're doing a speech. Come on, let's, wait, you gonna take your cape off soon? Oh, is there choreography? No, Ooh. no, not really. <laughs> I think there is. Uh, <laughs> I see it. <laughs> it's the Death Eaters doing the jazz hands. <laughs> Where is Lucius? Oh my god. You see god. what I'm working with here? Like, this yeah, is who Lucius Malfoy is in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. He doesn't not look like the Jason Isaacs version. No. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. The hair regimen alone is suspect. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. Let me see if I can catch him doing something extra. I mean, every single thing he does is extra. It's all like this. It's the like hair very. Flips. Yeah. His wig is also. Fucked up. <laughs> you can tell it was up in a pony. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, this is so gay. Oh it's very Britney like a, toxic. This is, I was going to say, this is a Britney Spears music video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, well, that's enough. Um, I just needed you guys to see what is going on in my head right now. Makes sense. <laughs> His character, too, now that you mentioned that, does read like, like closeted gay who still wants to be extreme right wing. Yes. But, so I do like agree that he definitely... Like him and Narcissa on some level have like a public face and a private face, mm -hmm. you know, we yeah. just mm -hmm. don't really know what that difference is. I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about them in such detail with me because I really do find Narcissa and Draco and Lucius to be some of the most interesting characters in the series. And Draco gets a shit ton of screen time, but none of it, I think, is the interesting part. Like so little mm -hmm. of it is what makes them interesting. And Lucius and Narcissa, I just think are so cool. And we almost never get to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. They get they definitely have that element that I love when authors are able to show that anyone is capable of both good and bad and that Right, right. that yeah. things in their life or people in their life can change uh change their story really drastically. Mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah. Now that you've shown me that too, the uh was that was that very Potter sequel? Yeah. Uh how like bad his stage hair was and everything <laughs> i feel like if lucius had not uh had money or come from money he'd be more like Riff Raff from rocky horror picture show you know the butler doing the time war. oh my god <laughs> the hair oh my god <laughs> his life could have gone either way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Hmm, I feel like I... Oh, yeah. So, I forgot you... The... I'm recording these episodes about a month early. I know. I'm pretty oh. cool. Never thought mm -hmm. to record early before. Uh, but... So, y'all haven't heard the first episode of the first chapter, but I'll tell you now. What... We like Harry Potter this season. And honestly, like, I've been hearing a lot of good things about this chapter so far. We've been talking mm. about the writing being good. That sucks. Look but that. I think... <laughs> I think we might like Harry Potter this season. Wow, is it happening? So yeah, Le okay. Well, let's we'll talk about it again at the end of the chapter. So okay. at the end of every chapter, I think we need to be like, <laughs> do we like this book? <laughs> Just a check in. So Narcissus having a bad time. Lit I literally am looping all the way back to. Do you remember when I said let's take a moment to think about Narcissa right now? Because I'm like not even done with my rant because Narcissa's 16 year old son has just been 
ordered to murder somebody and not just somebody, but like the president, like someone with a lot of security, you know, in terms of the president, that's his secret service in terms of Mm -hmm. Dumbledore, it's his own personal skill. And I think for a moment about the Deathly Hall, no, the um, Half-Blood Prince movie, Draco Malfoy is wearing like that all black suit. He has Mm -hmm. like grown up hair, like Mm -hmm. Tom Felton looks 25 in that. But mm-hmm. let's think about the fact that Mary Peyton's stepson is closer to the age of what Draco is right now. Crazy. Like, can you imagine Sam being told to go fucking kill somebody? Sorry, I keep no. asking you this about all the kids you know. <laughs> no, you can't get him to unload the dishwasher. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah, it just like, I think it really says a lot about like how Draco has come up, ha- been mm-hmm. raised like in this Like, he was raised hearing, I think, probably a lot of stories, maybe, like, really grandiose stories of, like, Lucius's time serving Voldemort and, like, Mm -hmm. meeting all these people who had, like, the same memories and then, like, having it, like, come to life right before his eyes, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure that Lucius, it's, like, a classic um, my dad's never proud of me kind of relationship where he was, like, probably constantly trying to get his dad to pay attention to something that, you know, kids do. And Lucius was dad, only... Hey, dad, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> dad, wait, look at this. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. And Lucius would be, I just think, really cold as a father. And and maybe, maybe like, had moments when he was a baby. And maybe Lucius thinks that that's the way to be a father. Is this, like, cold? Life sucks. You're going to have to do these things. I need to turn you into into a person who can handle those things. But I can imagine that very cold relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Malfoy, it, Malfoy is like... Malfoy. Sorry. <laughs> I was blending Draco and Malfoy. Don't be such a Malfoy. Drakeway. <laughs> um, yeah, I can imagine that he, like, for a while has been like, this is the way to impress dad. This is the way to be a man. I hate it. Yeah. Dad's... It's toxic. Don't do this to your sons. No. so did y'all uh in this chapter i don't know if i feel like if i read too fast or i didn't read into it enough or anything but did y'all pick up by now who uh the target was for draco like did y'all just automatically know you know what i mean like we know because read or when i was a kid i i mean on this read we already know because we've been through it all but like you know going through and reading it you know for the first time yeah, I feel like I do remember, like, it slowly dawning on me as I was reading this, like, what he has truly been asked to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it feels horrifying. He's like a kid, you know? He was, like, your age when you were reading the books. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, y'all's age. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. It's <laughs> awkward. Awkward. He's he's old. <laughs> <laughs> the one line that, like, made me think it, it, it had to be murdering someone was, um, Narcissa says... But he won't succeed. How can he when the Dark Lord, Lord himself? And that makes me think of, I don't know if I thought of this when I was a kid, but like that makes me think the Dark Lord, there's like two people that he hasn't been able to kill. And that's yeah. Harry or Dumbledore. And I automatically assumed sense. that it was Harry based off these things because mm-hmm. of, you know, age for age. So Draco oh, yeah. gets Harry. So I was like, oh, he's got to kill Harry. You know, now's the time. And if he can't do it, Snape has to do it. You know, but knowing the book now, when I read it this time, I was like, oh, oh, but the first Mm -hmm. time I read this, I totally thought the target was Harry. 
Hmm. And I wonder if there's like any more red herring evidence, evidence of the red herring in this book that like it's Harry instead of Dumbledore, because he actually does make way more sense. And I yeah. I wonder if that's what I thought when I was a kid, because that that to me seems like the most logical, especially when they just they're weird all year. Like, OK, literally all year for the whole year. Harry's like Draco doesn't seem to be like paying attention to me. And it's because Draco's like stressed and depressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like so the whole year you're like wondering about him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, either he's coming to kill Harry, he's doing something else crazy, or he's in love with you, dude. <laughs> fan fiction. Tina's erotic fan fiction. <laughs> Let's talk about the plan. Narcissa has been instructed not to speak of the plan, but Snape already knows about the plan. What plan? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, Voldemort has given Draco some task that is a great honor, but also scary. <laughs> you know, they're talking. They're all talking about. It. They're all. We have three different perspectives on the matter in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Wait, do y'all think that Snape actually knew about the plan, or do you think he was just saying that to like try oh and God. learn I, about the plan? That's really funny. I do think he actually knew about the plan. Yeah, I was trying because- to figure that out while I was reading it, though, because they don't really. I don't I don't know that he ever really says anything until they say more about it. I do get the feeling that Snape and like, tell me if you get a different feeling, but I get the feeling that Snape is kind of Voldemort's right hand Mm -hmm. in as much as like anyone is. It's like Bellatrix and Snape. And it's kind of interesting because Dumbledore's right hand, right, right and right hands are like McGonagall and Snape. And I think that. Snape being balanced against these, like, really strong women just based on his, like, intellect and skill is, like, an interesting dynamic that I enjoy seeing him in. But mm-hmm. anyway, I feel like Snape is who Voldemort trusts maybe the most. Like, he trusts him a lot. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I think so, too. And especially yeah. if you're saying Bellatrix is his, you know, his other, like, you know, main cohort and everything, that uh, she is so driven by passion that at any minute she can make a rash decision mm-hmm. just because, right. you know, but where Snape seems a little more calculated in the things that he does. So it's almost mm-hmm. like the proper balance that Voldemort needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The two of them. True. That actually makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They balance each other. And like, it, it's kind of like back in the day, you know, that like the president the vice president of America would be like the person who lost the election. It's like mm-hmm. kind of good to have like people who don't agree, you know, in your mm-hmm. leadership so that you get like a variety of ideas. Like we're always talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. So f- from a leadership perspective, Voldemort's <laughs> doing pretty good. It's got a good cabinet. All there. signs point to a win. <laughs> Although his Lieutenant is in jail. So mm. yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So, Whatever this plan is, it's the burden has been placed upon Draco and Bellatrix is saying this is a great honor. Narcissa is saying, I feel like this is retribution for Lucius's mistake at the ministry, like not getting the prophecy and like letting that all go to shit and also getting himself arrested. Mm. And Snape is like, like not really showing his hand. You know, he's like. The the Dark Lord says, you know, so like we must believe Mm -hmm. he's not really giving his own opinion. I think it's just like such an easy plan for Voldemort to like throw out there. <clears throat> what do you mean? It, it just like it, so many birds with one stone. Like, Hey, if this kid succeeds, amazing. Dumbledore is gone. Um, if he doesn't, then he might get killed and who cares? Lucius is like, he, he just doesn't care about this kid at all. Yeah. So it's like absolutely no loss to Voldemort. 
Um, yeah, whereas like so if like, you like not? send if you send Snape to go duel Voldemort, like he might die. Yeah, you know, like and for what? Yeah, but, like Draco could maybe like figure it out. You know, like Dumbledore is not going to want to fight back with Draco. Right, like engagement yeah. a fair fight. Mm-hmm. True. So Narcissa is asking Snape to convince Voldy to change the plan or to execute the plan, wink, himself. <laughs> um, and then Snape admits that Voldy intends for him to do it in the end. Like, that's what he thinks anyway. So that's why I think that Voldemort and Snape have already talked about this because Snape oh. seems to like kind of already have this take on it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So... Snape saying that he thinks Voldy intends for him to do it in the end is kind of like him being like, I don't think Draco's going to succeed. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think? No, he. I don't think Draco has it in him. No. To make this happen, he would have to like set some kind of trap and then like walk away from it, like set a bomb or something and then walk away from it. So he like kind of doesn't have to like do the cold blooded murder himself. Yeah. You feel Indirectly. Me? Yeah. Yeah. So Snape forces Narcissa to sit down and drink the wine, unspoken, sit down and shut up. And she has like, do you guys watch um, Rick and Morty? You know that bit where Beth, has, like, she's like shaking so hard. She like pours the wine and it's like spilling everywhere. And she just like raises it to her mouth. And takes <laughs> I don't remember what she's so traumatized by, but it's something. Oh, it's something. It's something. <laughs> so Snape offers to, offers to look over Draco. Look after Draco. Look over. No. <laughs> Look over Draco's homework. <laughs> um, okay, so in relief, Narcissa, quote, flung away her glass that was still full of wine. Magicians are bananas, dude. What? Yeah. <laughs> like she just threw it because she can clean it up. Like, what a dramatic bitch. So dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. Um, Narcissa asks Snape to make the unbreakable vow. And he agrees after some light heckling from Bellatrix. And then Bellatrix is agape for the rest of the chapter. Yeah, she's like, oh, shit. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like she's just waiting for him to back off and he doesn't. Or back mm-hmm. down. I keep saying almost the right thing, but <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Same. <laughs> I do that all the time. So he asks Bellatrix to perform the unbreakable vow. Uh, one thing I, that I think was really funny chime in about the unbreakable vow is when I was rewatching the movie last night and later on Ron goes to talk about it and he goes it's the unbreakable vow it can't be broken <laughs> thanks buddy thank you for that clarification oh, wow. I, would, I, I wonder if he does that in the books because they make him they make him extra dumb in the movies but he definitely yeah. is dumb in the books right mm-hmm. but, but that one just, really sent it home other things in the books too <laughs> I feel like um, maybe this this is the Slytherin and me, but like I would, I feel like I would find a way out of this. Like Snape is Snape? super smart. Like you have why? your fingers crossed. Why? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, first what if that is like an old? No. The, the reason we have the superstition is from like an old wizarding technicality. Maybe they have to cross their finger over their wand to do <gasps> to undo the spell that's Whoa. being done to them. Whoa, that's very interesting. <laughs> Did we just invent something? <laughs> what were you saying, um, though? No, I just I just feel like he's he's so obviously so good at lying and working his way through these hurdles that I just can't imagine that he can't be like, uh, Lord Voldemort wouldn't want me making an unbreakable vow about this. I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not going to go against him. 
he, I already know the plan. I already know that I'm going to carry through. And how dare you doubt me? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if he had the opportunity during the the umbrella vow being, you know, put upon them, that uh, he would have found a way to, like, spin the words so that whatever he mm-hmm. needed to do still worked in the vow. But he really didn't get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to just say, sure, yes, I will. But yeah, I wonder I if you can edit it. an unbreakable vow like as you're doing it. <laughs> right. What if. What if Voldemort already was like, hey, Snape, I told Draco to do this thing. Can you look after him and make sure that he succeeds? And Snape's like, yes, master. And then Narcissus like, swear to it. And it's like supposed to be this big moment, but he's like, <laughs> li- it's literally his actual orders. Right. <laughs> like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So Snape and Narcissa grasp right hands. It's a bit prejudiced. Mm-hmm. Really, the world is not built for lefties. Mm-mm. I, all of you are right-handed, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Wouldn't it be weird to learn today that one of us was left-handed after working together for like eight years? That would be weird because we just we we type a lot, so maybe we wouldn't have known that. If I ever seen you writing, though, I would have, I mean. Yeah, like I've seen all of you write at least one single thing with your bare hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We had a lot of project management meetings back in the day. Oh, that's right. Oh, you're completely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember the olden days? Old days. When we wrote on clipboards? (gasps) No, I think I had a tablet. You did. You were so advanced. Way ahead of your time. It's because I needed to play games during the meetings. I can't just sit <laughs> yes. there and think about the meeting the whole time. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely <laughs> and if, not. And and if you didn't have your tablet and you just had a pen and paper, you would draw the whole time. Really? Yeah. I don't I remember, remember that, that at all. Because your little drawings were so cute. Really? Uh, yeah. And where are they now? <laughs> oh, I saved them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is cute of me. <laughs> I wonder what I was drawing. I, I really am not good at drawing. It was probably a lot of flowers. I'm a good flower. I, they, I'm a good was, flower you were, you were You were a little wildling from the start. Oh, you know. here, here's the thing with flowers. Whatever you doodle, there's a flower that looks like that. Like That's flowers true. look like anything. They look, there's some weird flowers out there. You could just draw a bunch of scribbles. There's some yeah. flowers that look like that. Same, same with people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, listen, guys, we're in the middle of an unbreakable vow. Sorry. I need, we need our focus to be unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Respect. Okay. Otherwise we die. <laughs> well, I'm done. <laughs> Bellat- okay, so they're grasping hands. Bellatrix holds her wand up to their hands and Narcissa says the words, you know. Does anyone have it to read? Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Will you, Severus, watch over my son Draco as he attempts to fulfill the Dark Lord's wishes? And will you, to the best of your ability, protect him from harm? And should it prove necessary, if it seems Draco will fail, will you carry out the deed that the Dark Lord has ordered Draco to perform? True. So Snape is like, I will, I will, I will. Mm -hmm. And the the vow is a vow. That vow is is a vow. Yeah. (laughs) It's also avowed. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. One thing about uh, watching it in the movie after reading it was where in the book it makes sense. Like Bellatrix has the wand. She's doing the whole like tappy tap on the wrists after each, you know, vow is said. Oh, and yeah. each, each, each time you know, the light around it gets a little more red kind of thing. 
But then, and I know this was just because it's a movie and it's uh, Helena Bottom Carter, you know, and all of her glory and greatness. In the movie, she says the things like Narcissa stays quiet and they both hold hands and she's over her shoulder saying it directly to Snape, telling, Will you do this? Which way do you think makes more sense? I think that makes less sense. I feel like then that's breakable because it's not Narcissa asking yeah. for the mm. things. So I was I like, agree. there's this way out right there. Y'all screwed up the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, we are all very cool book people. And we know that doing a book to film adaptation is hard and you have to make some compromises. Mm-hmm. But I think it is really frustrating when the movies change something that like something like this, where it's like it actually in the scene actually like does not matter who says it like it, yeah. you can make it have the same effect either way but you're making it make less sense yeah right. yeah it's like you made a change that you like felt was jazzy or because you wanted to give helena more dialogue which i respect yeah. but like it does just not make any sense anymore mm-hmm. right it's like a tr- it's like a love triangle and breakable vow yes. yeah <laughs> yeah it's weird but it is interesting that bellatrix is like the one who bonds them. Like, why is that necessary? Why, what if she also dies <laughs> if he fails? Yeah, like what? It's like you're all caught up in this now, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's because their right hands were connected and oh. they're both righties with their wands, so their magic's just not as powerful coming out oh. of the left hand. So, so what she if, had to do it. <laughs> so oh what, my if, God. what if Bellatrix had not, like, followed Narcissa here? Would yeah. Wormtail have done it? Oh, my mm. God, but I bet... Uh, yeah, I bet yes. Okay, great. Hmm. Was that a cool answer? <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I bet yes. And it's just, it's interesting because you think about how much that would have changed the scene. You know? It would look yeah. a lot less cool. You yeah, know what I mean? If, there would be more like snaps in the light coming out, like little breaking points because he's just, you know, <laughs> little, his, his wand's a little weaker. <laughs> Definitely Snape is in charge of every single second of the scene. And mm. I, I really like that and respect him like respect that like I respect him a lot in this chapter I think he he's being like a very interesting person but if Bellatrix hadn't come into this scene he would have been I mean he would have been able I'm not saying this in like a suggestive way but like Narcissa would have just been like done anything for him you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. without Bellatrix here to kind of like uh to kind of like handle it like Snape would have been like Yes, bitch. I'm like you're gonna do this for me, suck my dick, and or do political favors for me. You never know. One in the and same. Then, and he would have been like Wormtail, come here and like perform this spell. It's just I think like being Bell- having Bellatrix there was almost like necessary to the scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like Snape would have actually assaulted her, but like oh, he would have just had so much power in this scene. But Bellatrix took a little bit away from him, at least by making him justify yeah. himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel True. like if if she wasn't there either. Um, like, even if Narcissa still brought it up, um, in her absence, like, the Unbreakable Vow, I feel like he would it would have been easier for him to get out of it even then, too, because she wasn't ever challenging his trustworthiness. Right. So, yeah. he I mean, been like, Bellatrix no, was essentially help. saying, like, you won't, you won't do yeah. it, you won't. No, I really liked having her in this scene as much as she was, because you got to see, like, the power dynamic and struggle that she has when it comes to Snape. Because mm-hmm. she really thought she was coming in there, like, on the higher ground to interrogate him with all these questions. And each time he answered her, he's like, I'll answer all your questions. Oh, I will answer you. And each mm-hmm. time he kind of, like, made her smaller, mm-hmm. you know, by yeah. explaining his stuff. So you really got to see mm-hmm. what their actual, like, dynamic is the, for the two of them amongst, like, you know, the dark wizards. Yeah. Yeah, he's so just overpowering. 
mm-hmm. in that in this whole scene. Yeah. Also, he never has to ask her to repeat the questions, which I was like, that's the most unrealistic part <laughs> about this whole chapter. Oh, yeah. my God. There's no so way. Did you bring a PowerPoint? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All your questions. Yeah. Cool. Well, Mike, did you have any other notes since you watched the movie last night? Do you have any other like notes from the movie about this part specifically? No. The, yeah, the only thing that I, besides Bellatrix, uh, you know, d- saying the unbreakable vow for Narcissa. The only other thing was, and I know they were limited for time. She didn't get her part of interrogating him in the movie. He literally is just like, I know what you're going to ask me and hear the answers. I hate that shit. Me too. So she's over in the corner, just kind of listening. It's like way more organic. And I, I actually make this edit in books all the time where someone's like monologuing for three pages to like a room full of people. And it's like, absolutely not. You have to stop them every three sentences. Like yeah. you right. can't just keep them talking like, like this. They Unless they like, are a king and no one would interrupt them. Right. Like mm-hmm. they took like six pages or so of dialogue that's in the book and made it down to like 30 to 45 seconds of the movie. And I was just yeah. like, I liked, uh, that was the part I liked the most about this chapter was their back and forth. And you don't get it in the movie. Yeah. I really like a character who can handle themselves in terms of dialogue, you know, and pro- probably because we're reading because it's like more fun to read interesting dialogue. So mm-hmm. I do really like a character who can like take it and give it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mike, did you have any notes about the chapter in general outside of the movie? Like any standout moments or stuff that we didn't touch on? Uh, no, I think we touch on all that. I, mean, I am. I am a Bellatrix fan. You know, do you like I, H- HBC? Yeah. The in charge is, are those really her initials? Yeah, they are. Honestly, she uh, can do no wrong when it when it comes to me and like acting. Like I just love everything she does. So when I when she was cast as Bellatrix, I just like it couldn't be any more perfect. And I think she proved me right. <laughs> yeah, she does an amazing job. Grace Mary Payne, what do you think about Helena Bonham Carter? It's been a little bit of a subject of debate on this show. Oh, mm, interesting. I wouldn't think. I don't know. I like her. That means you like her. Yeah, I like her a lot. I think she's perfect for it. What's the debate? The take is that Alan Rickman and Helena Bonham Carter both, like, he does a really dope Snape. She does a really dope Bellatrix. But they're not the same characters that are in the book at all. It's, like, a cool, different interpretation Mm -hmm. of the characters. Mm -hmm. But, like, for example, the... I, I really maintain that the only reason anyone would ever defend Severus Snape at all to this day is because of Alan Rickman, 110%. It's so hard to divorce yourself from that charming character he created yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Same with Helena Bonham Carter. Like in the book, she's a lot more complex, a little more like subtle and like murdery. Like in the movies, she's just, she's kind of just running around screaming, having a fun time, which is totally fun uh-huh. in like a, a bit of a different way. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think You Feel Me is like my new like verbal hyperfixation. I feel like I've said it like six times this recording, but it's brand new. It's not something I feel like I usually still say. fresh, still fresh. Still <laughs> fresh. <laughs> I need to back up. <laughs> I need to do less. <laughs> what else do you say when, like at the end of a sentence when you're like, you dig, you know, mm-hmm. you, you feel me. You feel me. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> so, uh, Grace, Mary Payton, any uh, final words about the chapter? I guess I was just generally wondering why Voldemort never had Snape, like, take fear to serum or anything. Like, Well, ask yourself this. 
Who would make Voldemort's Veritas serum? Oh, Snape can't be the only one. I think that Snape is extremely smart, and I feel like he would not be deceived by Veritas serum for one fucking second. Like, I feel like he either, like, has the antidote oh. on his person. Oh, mm-hmm. I Or see. would, like, be able to detect it and would absolutely not let that happen. I just don't, I, th- I don't think that Voldemort would, like, try to be sneaky about it. I think he would be like, hey, you must do this. To prove to me your loyalty. I just, I guess it doesn't even necessarily have to be Veritas Serum. I just feel like there should have been, if Snape is going to be Voldemort's like right hand dude, like any other, I don't know, strategy. I get, I get what you're saying. Like, I need to watch you down this. Like, we need to, I need like, to just make to sure clear it real. up. But yeah. I think maybe a possible answer to that question is mm-hmm. hubris because Voldemort is a very skilled legilimens and he probably thinks he's the best. But I think that we get the impression in Order of the Phoenix that Snape is actually the best. Yeah. So like maybe a bit of hubris that Voldemort feels like he can read Snape and he actually cannot. Mm-hmm. That's true. Maybe because I like Snape it. has access to all these potions and getting potions together or whatever else. He may have just been like building up his tolerance over time, like small doses. Oh my god! Oh, you know what I mean? What's that in? That's in something. That's I read smart. that in a I book like within that. the That's last in Princess three Bride. Years. Yeah. Princess it is in Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I'm also true. reading. Well, I'll save it for my plugs. I just keep plugging this one book series because I have been reading it for six months. I feel like. What were we talking about? Did everyone say their final thoughts about the chapter? Oh, I interrupted Mary Payton, so she didn't. Oh, I just oh. really love the vibes. <laughs> the vibes are good. Dark nice. academia. We love it. Yeah. And so far this book, so the first chapter was the other minister. You know, when Cornelius Fudge goes to the muggle prime minister and is telling him about all the horrible stuff that's been happening and it tells him he's been fired and introduces Rufus Scrimgeour. That's a pretty fun Scrimgore. chapter too. That was really fun. Yeah. And now this, maybe, <laughs> maybe we can keep going without ever having to deal with Harry Potter ever again. Just Woo! show me other vibey world shit. Like yeah, I don't yeah. want, the next chapter is unfortunately about <laughs> how Harry Potter is a very special boy. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Damn it. But we have new guests on next week that we've never <gasps> recorded with before, which I don't think has happened in like a year. So That's awesome. brace yourselves, everyone. Well. Um, okay, let's move on to plugs. Unless, did Grace, did you say your final thoughts about the chapter? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. thought it was fun. All right, my yeah, my final th- thoughts are fun and good also. Cool. And I love Narcissa. Okay. Yeah. Mike, would you like for people to find you on the internet? Oh, sure. Uh, you can find me on the internet. Uh, my Instagram that was book-related is just, it's a lot of dust on it. But if you want to follow my personal Instagram, it's at roy.g.biv79. Mm-hmm. Linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And Mike, what's something that you've been watching, listening to, reading, playing with, doing in your spare time recently that you think our listeners would enjoy? Oh, man, I, uh, I've i kind of like gone back to a comfort show because I've been so busy elsewhere. So I'm re-watching Schitt's Creek. And oh, if oh, you've nice. uh, I've never watched it, you need to do yourself a favor and watch it. It's so so I'm just I'm like I've been basically just watching as much Shit's Creek as possible, and it's still just as amazing this time around. Yeah, yeah. it's like a little cringy, but manages to be very uplifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like cringy in the beginning. Before they yeah. Yes. Good people. Yeah. yeah. I'm at I'm at the they're good people part now, so it's nice. a lot of like yeah. fighting back yeah. tears while watching a 20 minute <laughs> sitcom. You know. <laughs> so good. 
uh, Grace, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Wildling Press. I was like, who's going to take it? Who's gonna follow. Steal it? It's me. It's me. Because that's all. It's all I have. Um, follow uh, Wildling Press at Wildling Press on all the socials. Um, listen to How Do I Book, the Wildling Press podcast. Yeah. And, oh, I'm just going to plug a recipe because it's what I do. <laughs> it's, um, I love it. The people actually love it. Do they? Okay, <laughs> excellent. Whew. I recently made lime frosted coconut bars. Mm. Um, oh, girl. Very yummy. It's a recipe by Easy Gay Oven. <laughs> Which I love Amazing. that too. That's very <laughs> That's <cute>. awesome. <laughs> very cute. But basically, it's just like a really yummy, light coconut cookie base and then a cream cheese lime frosting on top. It's just mm. a perfect little summer dessert. And you'll be making these for us? Yeah, sure. I'll make it for you. Hell yeah. Okay. Yay. Awesome. Friend way perks. To, way to get her on a recording saying that. Good job, man. <laughs> it's an unbreakable vow. Oh. <laughs> Mary Peyton, where can the people find you on the internet? If you want to, you can follow me at crookmp on Instagram. That's about it. Justify it, okay? Everyone always (laughs) goes on to like talk about how there's. It's like it's not good, and I don't post that much. But I'm also on not on Twitter, but you can find me there. But I don't really post anything. (laughs) Nope. I'm just gonna leave it like that. And what have you been up to lately that you would like to plug? Um, I'm gonna plug actually a book uh, by a friend of mine. Her name is also Mary. Mary DeCare. She's uh, a very inspiring woman who I met when I was working at the library. And she's been working on this book about how... um, So she's 80-something now? I don't want to get her age wrong. She was born in 1942. You do the math. 81. Ha-ha. So she, in her more recent years, uh, walked 100 miles in all 50 states, in each of the 50 states. Um, Wow just on her own as a journey. Sometimes people would like walk with her like friends or something that she knew in the area, whatever. But um, she met a lot of people and she did it all on her own. And she wrote this lovely little book. She self-published it. It's super cute and heartwarming and wholesome. And I highly recommend it. Oh, did I say the name of it? (laughs) I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think I did. It's called. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. It's called The Next Step Walk Across America. And it's by Mary DeCare. Mm. Yeah, it's real cute. That sounds very cute. Yeah. Thanks so much for the recommendation. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week I'm going to plug, would you believe it? Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> I almost plugged that. Don't talk about the ending. I haven't seen the ending yet. I, I love it I'm so also, much. I'm also still watching it, but Sean watched this by himself and it touched him so poignantly that he immediately begged me to watch it again with him and... Watching it, I see why he likes it. I see why boys like it. Because it's, it's so like, good. It's like, hey, boys, what if you are all nice to your friends? And it's like a fucking epiphany for them. <laughs> it's like what I literally could just be nice. But it's very heartwarming. Anyway, well, thanks, guys, for coming on for this chapter. When I like I literally just put us on this chapter because when I was reading it for my little pre-read, I was like, this is vibey as fuck. And I think we'll have a good time talking about like the backstory and like the the lore. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun. So I really appreciate you. And Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I hope you'll come back again for our final Deathly Hallows. Yeah, for sure. Count me in. Wait, I have something to say. What? 
And that's how you book. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here! Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci-fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not-so-favorite moments. I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. Mary Payton is naked on this Zoom call right now. Dave X Media.